Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. I gotta warn you, I haven't had coffee in like three or four months because I quit coffee. And I, uh, yeah, I, I thought, I made one little rule, like exception to the rule. I said, if, I, if I'm tired on Sunday morning, sometime before I preach, I don't want to be tired, so I'll have a cup of coffee. And uh, so I had a cup, I'm still working on it, but it, it tasted really good. I said to my wife, what kind of coffee is this? She said, I made it double strength. <laughs> Ooh, I feel like I'm going to jump out of my skin. So pray for self-control for me. <laughs> well, I'm excited because uh, this week we are starting a new series called Summer in the Psalms. Summer in the Psalms. And I like Brian Parks' uh, suggestion. He said we should have said P-S for like summer, spelled it P-S-U-M-M-E-R, so it matched the Psalms. So you can just envision that up there on the graphics. Summer in the Psalms. And uh, I know it's not summer yet. That actually doesn't come till June 21st, right? I think that's the correct day of, first day of summer. But we're kicking it off early here at Saving Grace Church. We don't need to wait until they say it's summer. We're starting our Summer in the Psalms series today. And it's going to go until August. And we're going to be uh, just dipping into the Psalms and pulling out some rich, encouraging truths that are going to help us in our walk with the Lord. They're going to help us in our faith and our confidence in God. The Psalms, are, the Psalms is a book of uh, poetry and, and song and just really heartfelt writing by its authors. Uh, David, King David, wrote a lot of the Psalms. And uh, the Psalms really help us to, to steer our emotions in very difficult and trying circumstances. I think a lot of us have one of two ways that we go with emotions. Some of us kind of just suppress them back into the back room of the basement of our soul and, and don't, don't have any emotion at all. I'm a little bit German. I can tend to do that. Other people kind of put their emotions out on the front porch, and that's the, the first thing you see. And uh, we need help as human beings because whether you think you're emotional or not, we're all emotional. We all get sad. We all are happy at times. We all get angry. We all fear. We all have different emotions in our souls. And the Psalms help us to temper those and steer those and express those in the right ways. So I'm excited about what God's going to do for us through this series. And we're not going to go in any particular order. We're not going through all the Psalms. We're not going to start at Psalm 1 and go in order. We're just going wherever the Lord leads us as pastors. And it's particularly going to be the Psalms that have affected us the most in our lives and that we feel would bless you guys as a church. So today we're going to start in Psalm chapter 27. If you have your Bible and you want to turn there, Psalm chapter 27. And let's pray and ask God for his help this morning. Father, thank you for your word. It is a light, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We pray that your word would guide us and steer us and transform our minds by what we take in this morning. Father, you are powerful, 
And your word is powerful. And so I pray that it would exterminate every fear or worry or anxious thought that is in the minds of your people this morning. We pray that we would all leave here with a higher level of faith and confidence in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I uh, had an old friend who died. She passed away 10 years ago this month. Her name was Margie Bothwell. She lived down in Blairsville. I used to help her out a little bit. I'd mentioned her in some sermons before. I'd give her rides once in a while and empty her garbage, things like that. She, she passed away 10 years ago at the age of 101. And uh, she talked to me at times about being fearful. I remember she mentioned one time that she was fearful at living alone at such an old age, living by herself. And one time when I was visiting with her, I noticed this note on her refrigerator door, and it was, it was an old piece of paper. It must have been there for at least a decade. It was kind of fading yellow and curving around the corners, and it was written in her own really shaky, cursive handwriting. So it was hard to make out, but I could read it, and it said, Fear knocked at the door. Faith answered. No one was there. And that has stuck with me through the years. And I, I often think of it. And I, to be honest, I think about it a lot of times even before I preach. Because uh, you, you may not know this. I think I've mentioned this before. But speaking in front of people is one of the most uncomfortable things for me personally to do. I read that public speaking is, is one of the biggest fears of people, and, and I'm, I'm no exception. It's, it's hard for me to do this unless I approach it with faith. And so I've had to learn that every time before I preach, I just reassure myself through prayer, and I pray Psalm 14.26, in the fear of the Lord one has strong confidence, and I say, Lord, I'm doing this for you. I believe that you've called me to do this. And so I can be confident and overcome my fear of speaking in front of people through faith. And that's exactly what we're going to see today in Psalm chapter 27. It's really no different than that. We, we, we you, all of us can overcome every fear, worry, stress in our lives through faith. Psalm 27, verses 1 through 3, is going to show us that. The, the title of our message this morning is The Cure for a Crippled Confidence. The Cure for a Crippled Confidence. We're going to learn how to change our fears into faith. So, Psalm 27, verses 1 through 3, if you're following along in your Bible, it'll be projected up here. Let's get started. First, it says, A Psalm of David. So, we see who the author is. David wrote a lot of the Psalms, and it's important for us to stop there and just realize who this man is that's giving us a testimony of his heart. It's, it's God's Word. He's using David, though, to write it. And David isn't a man who lived a comfortable life. David isn't just some man who was removed from danger and despair and stressful situations living in some monastery somewhere. He lived a high-stress life. But he lived a life full of faith and confidence in God 
in the midst of the storms and battles and wars that he went through in his life. And so he's somebody who, who we should give an ear to and listen to because he has a little something to say about changing your fear to faith in the midst of difficult circumstances. This is a man who, whose confidence in God was battle-tested. So let's listen to what he has to say. Verse 1, a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Who do I need to be afraid of? What do I need to fear? Because the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, is with me. He's my light. He's my salvation. He's my stronghold. I don't need to fear anybody, and I don't need to fear anything, because He's with me. And you might hear these words, fear, whom shall I fear, who shall I be afraid? And you might think, well, I don't really struggle with fear. I'm not really that afraid. And so you might think they don't apply to you, but I need to point out that the meaning of these words, fear, afraid, that we read in these pa- this passage, they, they expand to words like worry, words like fret, words like being stressed. Those, the meanings of those words are included in the word fear, the word afraid. And so we can apply this Old Testament passage to our lives today. We might not have actual warriors coming against us, trying to kill us like David did. But we can apply these things, apply these truths to things in our lives today, anything, anyone, any situation that we might fear because they're, they're true for us. David says in verse 2, When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet, and you might have a little number one by yet in your Bible translation, and if you follow that little number one to the bottom at the footnote, it says, in this. It means yet, or it means in this. And so we can say with David, in this, I will be confident. In this, think about that. In this, in what? In the middle of a war, in the middle of an army encamping around you. So when when you're surrounded by stressors in your life, when you have an army of opponents and adversary adversaries and adversity coming against you, you can say with David, if you, if you believe what he said, you can say with David, yet in this I will be confident. In this I will be confident. Now you might think, well, I don't have confidence. I'm just not that kind of person. I'm not like King David. I don't go out and battle Goliaths. I don't have confidence. It's just not me. It's just not who I am. Well, I disagree. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I disagree. Because if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have confidence. 
You have confidence. You have faith. You have belief. You have trust. You have confidence that Jesus Christ is your Savior. You have confidence that you can't get into heaven by your own good works. You have confidence that who He is and what He did for you in becoming a human, dying on a cross, and raising from the dead on the third day saves you. That's how you're saved. By believing that. By having confidence in that. And so, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have confidence. The problem is, you may just not be using it. Everyone here who's a believer has confidence. That's what makes us a believer. It's like this. How many of you have a a cell phone? Raise your hand. How many have a phone? Like, probably everybody, almost everybody. How many of you are using your phone right now? How many are talking on your phone right now? Who? Oh, I thought you were, Barb. I'm going to have to get the ushers to come up. None of you are talking on your phone. None of you are using it right now. But you have one. It's no different. We have confidence. We just need to learn to use it in the appropriate situations and focus it in the appropriate place. And that's what Psalm 27, 1 through 3 tells us. Here's why we don't use our confidence sometimes. Because fear, worry, and anxiety are confidence blockers. They, they cut the cord of our confidence so that we can't communicate appropriately by faith and hear the communication of God appropriately into our hearts. Fear, worry, and anxiety are confidence cripplers. And that's why this message is the cure for a crippled confidence. Your biggest confidence killer isn't your bad circumstances. It's your broken connection to God's promises. That's our biggest confidence crippler. And so we need to learn to block fear, worry, and anxiety so that they don't block the confidence we have in God. And the way we block fear, worry, and anxiety is by listening to and believing God's promises. That's what we're going to see today. I want you to think of this as we are coming to the great physician. God is the great physician. And we're coming to him and and we're sitting down in his office and we're laying out our our problem. Our issue is that, that we worry, that we fret, that we've got fear, that we've got anxiety, and we need some help with that. And so who better to come to than the great physician? And so we humbly lay out our need for his help, and he says, I have exactly what you need. I have the cure for your crippled confidence. I have a prescription for you, and I want you to take this prescription because it's going to change your life. This prescription, if you take it, is going to block every fear, every worry, everything you fret over in your life. It's a fear blocker. And if you take it, you're going to be able to hear me, the great physician says, and that's going to give you confidence for the bad circumstances that you're in. And so, he lays out this medicine that we need to take, and he says this. He, he leans over and he says, these are drops. These are called faith drops. 
You don't take them by mouth like you take your other medicines. And you say, how do you take them, Lord? And he says, you take them by ear. And, and you're like, by ear? I put them in my ear? And he says, yeah, you put them in your ear. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And so we take these faith drops that the great physician prescribes for us and we put them in our soul through our ears, through hearing. And through that hearing, we get faith. And that faith overcomes our fear. And so these these faith drops, he goes on to explain, are, are kind of like a compounded medication. You know what a what a compounding pharmacy is, where they they mix and make your medications for you according to your specific need. And they mix the ingredients and they just give you exactly what you need in the exact strength and dosage that you need it. And and the Lord, the great physician, says these these faith drops that I've mixed for you are are a compounded medication. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about your medication I'm going to tell you what I put in here, what ingredients they have in them. And, and the ingredients, as we'll see, are shown to us through Psalm 27, verses 1 through 3. There are, they have four fear-killing, confidence-curing ingredients. Here's the first ingredient in our faith drops. Fear-killing, confidence-curing truth number one. This is that you and God have a personal relationship. And that might sound trite. Yeah, I know. I know we have a personal relationship. But I really want us to think about this. You and God have a personal, a personal relationship. Look at this passage. David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. You can say that. You can say the Lord is my light. It's personal. And my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, this applies to you. Whether you know it or not, this is true for you. It's a personal relationship. And not only not only is it personal because you can say the Lord is my light, my salvation, my stronghold, but it goes the other way too. Let me show you something. Do you see how the, the word Lord is in all caps? Well, you might have a footnote or a, a note in the front of your Bible in the prefix somewhere, you probably do, that tells you that when you see the word Lord in all capital letters, that signifies His name. And it tells you his name is Yahweh. God's title is God. That's, that's what he is. He's our God. But his, he has a name. And his name is Yahweh. And when I read to myself, when I read the Old Testament and I get to the word Lord, I just put the word that's supposed to be there in it. I don't, I don't say the Lord. I say Yahweh. Yahweh is my light. And he... It's that way because God not only invites us to be, but wants us to be on a first-name basis with Him. 
He wants a personal relationship, so he tells his people his name. And he wants us to call him by his name. Look at, look at Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8. He says, I am, now you might have the Lord, but as we read in the front of our Bible, that signifies his name, Yahweh. I am Yahweh. That is my name. Psalm 105.1. Oh, give thanks to Yahweh. Call upon his name. We are not only invited to, but commanded to call upon his personal name. That's God's name. This isn't for everybody. This is for his people. This is for us. Look at Isaiah chapter 12, verse 4. Give thanks to Yahweh. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Make them remember that his name is exalted. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 9 says this, They will call upon my name and I will answer them. I will say, they are my people. And they will say, Yahweh is my God. See, God doesn't want us to follow some sort of religion. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. And that's why David uses his name when he says, Yahweh is my light, my salvation, my stronghold. It's personal. It's personal. God wants you to be on a first name basis with him and call on him. And like Zechariah chapter 13 verse 9 says, when we call on him, he will answer. And so whatever situation you're in where you fear or you're worried about, you can call on the great physician. You can call on Yahweh. And he's right there with you. He hears you. He'll answer you. So fear killing, confidence curing truth number one. Remember, you and God have a personal relationship. This is not a religion. This is a personal relationship with the living God. The most powerful living God. Fear killing, confidence curing truth number two from this passage. This is the second ingredient in our faith drop prescription from the great physician. God is your light in every dark situation. This is powerful. If you can get this, if you can grasp this, if you can understand this, this, this is going to help you. God is your light in every dark situation. It says in Psalm 27.1, the Lord Yahweh is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Many times in life, with stressful situations, difficult situations. It's like we don't know where to go. We don't know where to turn. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to step. And we need guidance. And we get all stressed out because we don't, we don't have that guidance. And we just want God to like, tell me exactly what to do. Specifically, what do I do? And then we want to know so far into the future, what am I going to do if this happens and that happens? I can do this. I do this all the time. I'm like... I think about this situation going this way and that way, and then I've got to figure out if it goes this way, what do I do? And then if it goes that way, what do I do? And then I start, just, my head starts spinning, and I just, it just becomes all foggy, and you get so stressed out. And I need to remind myself, Yahweh is my 
my light. And you can say Yahweh is my light too. Because we can all say that because it's personal. I was thinking about this the other day. I, I really enjoy mountain biking. I love to do it and I've been doing it more, a lot more lately since I got my knee fixed. I can do it now. So I go, uh, I live down by the Chestnut Ridge on Blairsville and uh, I have that big mountain behind my house. And uh, I like to ride up to the top of the mountain. And, um, well, actually, I, I don't really like to ride at the top. I like to ride back down. But you got to ride at the top to get there. And, uh, and as, as I was riding back down the other day, it's this, it's this dirt road, and it's like a four-wheel drive road, and it's got these big washed-out ruts, and it's got, you know, rocks like that size, you know, laying everywhere, and you got to pick your line, and you, you, you know, it's pretty steep, so you're going pretty fast, and you got to, you got to watch out, because if you hit those rocks or go into those ruts, you're not going to make it very far, and you're going to be all bloody, and it's going to hurt, and it's, that's what our life is like, and I was thinking, oh man, if, if I had to do this in the dark, that wouldn't, I wouldn't get very far. And I'd be like, my bike would break and I'd be dragging it down. And that's, that's, how it, that's how it is when we walk in this life without the light. I was thankful for light as I was coming down that hill because if you can't see those rocks and those washouts, you're going to wreck and you're going to crash and you're going to get hurt and it's not going to be very fun. But man, when you can see where you're going, it's, it's awesome. It's fun. I love it. You go flying down a hill and it's just super fun. And that's what kind of life the Lord wants us to have because He said, I have come that you might have joy and have it abundantly. He wants us to enjoy our lives. But the only way we can enjoy our lives is if we have the light so that we can see where we're going. Yahweh is our light. In John 8, 12, Yahweh who Jesus in many places identified as, Jesus is Yahweh, by the way, incarnate in the flesh, said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So we have the light. It's like our phone, which I forgot today. I don't have it, but we have the light always. Even if we forget something, we have the light. If we have Jesus, and we just need to follow him, we need to walk in him, we need to lean on him, we need to depend upon him, and he will not let us walk in darkness. He wants you to have a fun ride down the hill in this life. Oh, there's going to be bumps. There are going to be washouts, and, and sometimes it's going to be scary, and sometimes it's going to hurt, but he is going to be with us, and he's going to show us the way. Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, you think about holding a lamp in a dark world and all you're going to see is a few feet in front of you. The Lord said sufficient for the day is its own worries. Sometimes he doesn't light up a week ahead, a month ahead, a year ahead. He shows us where to go today. And that's all we need. You know, it's, it's, I have to tell myself that because like I said, I always try to figure out what to do in this situation. If this happens, what am I going to do then? The Lord says, I'll give you the light for today. And so that's a, 
That's an aspect of faith. We need to just believe that and trust that he has the rest of it in control. And tomorrow, he'll give us light for tomorrow. So turn your lamp on. The switch is faith. And faith is just simply believing what he says. Believing what he says. If we are fearing, if we are fearing that that we're not going to go in the right direction, then we're not believing that the Lord is our light. Because he says, I will guide you. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. If we believe that, then we know that he's going to take us in the right place. It's going to be okay. That's why we can have confidence. So, fear killing, confidence curing truth. Number two, God is your light in every dark situation you face. He'll show you the way that he wants you to go. Might not be the way that you want to go, but if it's the way he wants you to go, then it's the best way you can go. Fear killing, confidence curing truth number three. God is your salvation in every stressful situation. God is your salvation in every stressful situation. The Lord, it says, the Lord Yahweh, personal God, is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Now, when we read the word salvation in the Bible, a lot of times what we can do is we can just think like ultimate salvation, eternal life, right? Like, you know, if I have salvation, I have eternal life. And that's true. And the Bible talks like that. But many, many times when you read the word saved or salvation in the Bible, it's actually talking about temporal salvation. It's talking about being safe from things that are scary that we go through in this life. It's like when Peter was sinking in the water and he said, Lord, save me. He didn't need eternal life. He needed to be pulled out of that water and saved so he didn't drown. Many times we're drowning in our circumstances or at least we feel like it and we need salvation because we don't feel safe. You can feel safe. This is the key to this one. You can feel safe no matter what you're going through when you remember and believe that your salvation is Yahweh who is with you. We don't ever need to be afraid. That's why he says, whom shall I fear? This is his point. God is our salvation. Now, not when we die. He is when we die too, but he's our salvation now. And so we don't need to be afraid of anything. The guy who wrote this, David, he, he knew this truth. He understood this truth. He believed this truth. He, uh, he fought Goliath, remember, the, the giant Goliath. And he knew that God was someone who would keep him safe. So when Israel needed someone to fight this giant, young teenage David stepped up. He didn't step up because he was something special. See, that's the point of the story. He wasn't something special. He was just a person. But he was a person who had faith in a big, powerful God. The same big, powerful God that you have. We're no different than David. And God's no different than the God who rescued David. He's the same God. So we, let me show you what, 
Let me show you what David's confidence looked like because this is a picture of the Christian confidence that God wants each of us to have. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 43. We'll start there. This is when David was uh, facing Goliath, the giant. Nine foot tall, big warrior, man killer, Goliath. The Philistine, that's Goliath, said to David, this is right after David, this teenage boy, walks up to him and faces him in the field. He says, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, now note something before we hear what David said. The Philistine had confidence, right? Oh, he's big and he's tough. And he says, bring it on, little teenage boy. But his confidence is only in his big, nine-foot-tall, strong, powerful warrior training that he had, and he probably killed a lot of people, and it's in himself. David could not compete with this giant. But look at the confidence this young man exudes. David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. I love this. He's trash-talking this giant because he's so confident in God. But I come to you in the name of Yahweh of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day Yahweh will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And look, the giant said to him, remember the giant said, I'm going to give your dead body to the birds and the beasts and David brings it right back to him and I will give the dead bodies of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord Yahweh saves he saves that's why he is called our salvation not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. That's confidence. That's what confidence looks like. When we face whatever giant it is that we're facing in our lives, we can have that same confidence, not because we know how to beat it, and we got it all figured out, but because God is our light, and he's our salvation. And he has a personal relationship with you. He loves you. So your situation that you're facing might not be a nine-foot-tall giant, but it might be big and scary. And our God thrives on defeating big and scary situations. That's who he is. So you don't need to be afraid because God is on your side. You are actually in the safest place that you can be because God is there with you. So fear-killing, confidence-curing truth, number three, God is your salvation in every stressful situation. And here, here's the thing, here's the thing. That's true whether you believe it or not. Think about this. That's true whether you believe it or not. So why stress? Why not just believe it? 
It's going to save so much stress and fear and worry because it's not the, it's not the situation that affects your mind and your health and, and just gives you all the trouble. It's your fear. It's your fear. And the fear is really just an illusion. It's a liar. And why, why listen to it? Why listen to it when we have God on our side? Now, let, let me point something out here before I give you the last ingredient. David didn't say that he didn't feel fear. God didn't say, do not feel afraid. Because God knows who we are. And God knows we have emotions. And God knows we're going to feel afraid. And David felt afraid. But God said, do not fear. And that's different. Because you don't have to let the feelings of the fear of whatever it is you're going through overcome you. You can overcome that fear. Because see, fear, worry, anxiety, that's just all a part of this world system. The Lord says, I have not given you the spirit of fear. It's not from God. It's a part of this world. And what does 1 John 5, 4 say? I don't know if we have 1 John 5, 4, but 1 John 5, 4 tells us, see if we have it up here, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that, over, that has overcome the world, our faith. Fear is a part of the world system, and our faith is what overcomes that fear. So we don't have to give in to the feelings of fear, worry, and anxiety we can replace them by redirecting our focus on the object of our faith, God our light, God our salvation, God who loves you, God who is omnipotent, who can do anything, God who is all wise, and God who has your best interest in mind. And we can say, okay, this thing I'm going through, well, God, God's with me through it. He's my salvation. He's the one who's going to show me where to go. Let me show you this last one here. This one I think ties it all together. Fear killing, confidence curing. Truth number four. God is your stronghold when enemies attack. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yahweh is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? This is powerful. This is good. The stronghold of my life. Think about this. Think about this. A stronghold is a fortress. A stronghold is an impenetrable fortress that surrounds you. Think about, think about yourself being in the middle of a battle. You're in a war, okay? That's the context here of the confidence that David had. He's in a war. Armies are surrounding him. There's war going on all around him. There's people trying to kill him. You're in a battle of whatever stressors you're facing in your life. They're surrounding you. They have your worst interest in mind. They're coming at you. Okay? The fortress, the stronghold, would be like if God had all the armies of the angels of heaven around you. 
and then God Himself is standing beside you with His sword drawn, just watching out for you. That's, that's what it means that the Lord is our stronghold. He's the stronghold of your life. Do you realize what that means? He doesn't let anything into your life that He doesn't want to be there for some reason. Oh, if He can get this, this will change your life. I, I know this, this truth changed my life just within the last year or so. I mean, I always kind of knew it, but the Lord has a way of teaching us these things. And a lot of times, they're uncomfortable ways. Back in 2015, February of 2015, I came down with some kind of sickness that I, it was the worst feeling I ever felt in my life. Like 10 o'clock, I started feeling kind of bad. By, by 1 o'clock in the morning, it was unbearable. Now, I felt like I was going to die. And I know, I know what you're thinking, like, he probably had the man flu. And, you know, men say when they get the man flu, I feel like I'm going to die. And that's, you know, man flus are pretty bad, right, guys? Okay, like, you know, probably worse than child, giving childbirth, and sure. <laughs> Ladies are going to start throwing tomatoes at me. Uh, but seriously, I had, like, I, had kidney st- I had a kidney stone that was really bad. I had a, I don't know how you say this, but Giardia cyst in 11th grade. It was like from drinking crick water. Oh, that was bad. I was in the hospital for like five days. So I, I, I've been through, and I had the flu, the regular flu, and I hate that. I don't want the flu. That's horrible. Whatever this was, was like 10 times worse than any of those things. It was, it was bad. And I, um, I, I remember, the last thing I remember, I was sitting on the bathroom floor. I could not bear it. I prayed, Lord, I said, I cannot bear this. I, I really meant it. I can't bear this one more minute. And I told Jane, I said, I feel like I'm going to die. Next thing I know, I guess I passed out and hit the floor. And, uh, and I, I'm on the ambulance. I think she thought I died. She called the ambulance. I never rode on an ambulance. I never passed out. Anyways, it, it was bad. And uh, they never really did figure out exactly what it was. But here's the thing. For the next year and a half, this was February 2015, for the next year and a half, that sickness messed up my stomach. It messed up my intestines where I felt nauseated for the next on and off, most of the time, for the next year and a half. And it was like this vicious cycle because every day I was so afraid that it was going to happen again. It was the most traumatic thing I'd personally been through and I was so afraid it was going to happen again I was I was fearing and uh, I never had a lot of stress in my life I never had panic attacks but I had panic attacks I would wake up at night thinking oh because I'd be nauseous and be thinking it's coming back and I couldn't sleep and I'd get scared and I'd start breathing very heavy and it was it was a hard year and a half and uh, so it messed up my stomach but it also messed up my head where I was really, really afraid. Now, I, you might not have gone through that, but you've probably been through some traumatic experiences in your life, and they probably work on you 
like that worked on me. And I want to tell you that the Lord helped me to deliver my, to, to refocus my fears to faith. And one of the ways he helped me was through this truth that he is my stronghold. And I realized that, okay, what if it does come back? If it comes back, then he, he, he's the one that has to let it through because he's my stronghold of my life. And he's the one that has to let it through. And he's good, and he loves me, and he causes all things to work together for my good, even if I don't like them. And so, if it comes through, I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to believe that it's okay. He'll be with me through it. And if I die, I die. And that, the realization of that freed me from fearing that all the time. I can tell you truthfully, I'm completely freed from that. I've had the man flu twice since then, and I got through it. So, God can deliver you when you realize that He is your stronghold. Financial problems come into your life. Worrying about your kids and their safety. Worrying about what people think about you. Your reputation. It doesn't matter. Your relationships. Your failing health. Whatever it is. God is your stronghold. Side note. This doesn't mean if you go out and sin and take in all kinds of drugs and do bad things that God's letting them in. He gives us a free will to not let those things into our life. But these are things that are outside of our control. It's God is our stronghold. So that is a powerful truth that can really eradicate fear in our lives. Let me wrap it up here by giving us the the summary of what we talked about today. And let's have the band come up and uh, you guys can come up and get started. I just want to tell you once again the ingredients in our faith drops. Remember our faith drops? Faith comes by hearing. We take these in. Here are the ingredients of Psalm 27, 1 through 3. And by the way, you know this compounding pharmacy idea, the Bible has thousands of ingredients that cure every ailment known to man. And we just got to learn from the great physician how to mix them and take them. So these faith drops come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so because they come by hearing, here's a practical application. Talk to yourself. I do this. Talk yourself into it, into believing these truths. Say, when you're, when you're stressed, say, God and I have a personal relationship. Say it out loud. I do it. I do it when I'm driving. People probably think I'm on some kind of earphone or something, but I, I have to tell myself these things. Say, God and I have a personal relationship. Say, God is my light. Tell yourself, I'm not in the dark. God is my light. I feel like I'm in the dark, but I'm not in the dark. God is my salvation. I don't feel safe, but God is my salvation. I'm in the safest place I could be because I'm in Christ. God is the stronghold of my life. I might say, I feel like things are getting through that shouldn't be there, but this is true. Nothing can possibly get past Him if it's not His will. 
All of this is true. And so we can say, I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be stressed. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to fret anymore because these things are true. Let's pray. Father, I pray that everyone here would be able to live in confidence in you rather than fear of daily life, stressful situations, difficult times, things that they're unsure of, things that they don't know how it's going to play out, memories of things that have been traumatizing and the possibility of what if it happens again. Father, we pray that this would be a big dose of faith drops in their ear, prescribed by you, written by King David, who's been through it. Father, I pray that each one could say with David, though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet in this I will be confident. As we sing this last song, I pray that this would resonate in our hearts and help the most fearful among us to overcome those fears. In Jesus' name, amen.